Hello and welcome to this uh, hangout session of In the Beginning Was the Word. Today I am uh, lucky enough to be joined by OK Schizo or Oaks the Green, meme magician, spirituality shit poster, and uh, overall really uh, funny and good guy. Uh, he has plenty more than 20,000 followers on. Instagram where he shares board posts and insights and opens discussions. He runs a Telegram group and he has a Discord as well. So you can find all his content which is community based. Uh, he's not a cult leader. Uh, <laughs> but he's a really funny guy and there's a lot of interesting people uh, if you do join his telegram talks and stuff you will be uh, inspired and also <clears throat> maybe a bit scared if you're too much of a normie but anyway with that introduction out of the way I need to add one more thing that we had some uh, audio issues with echoing and stuff uh, but 70% of the talk is perfectly audible it's towards the end that the issues uh, come up and we will work to fix that but for now it'll have to be left the way it is and with that I welcome <laughs> Oaks the Green. Hello uh, young Odin meme magician <laughs> Thank you for having me, Leo. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while, and uh, it finally, it, the stars finally aligned. Yeah, it finally occurred. I remember lots of things. Um, I've been on the boards myself for a long time, and uh, sometimes I share it with... I've been sharing screenshots and stuff with normie friends on messenger but they never really get it you know and uh they really do it's it's okay so there's this thing right and it's for those within the mythos no explanation is necessary but for those outside of the mythos no explanation is possible so it's like you know we're we're riding the waves here but the normies they're they're not you know they're like what's woo they don't even they don't even know what you know they're like swimming in water and they don't even know what the water is yeah they're not very interested in ideas that no they have this uh they have this aversion to something that's funny and true at the same time Yes, well, they're, so what you're describing is, like, they're, they're pretty much stuck in, like, this constant state of, like, cyclical irony, for the most part. And you see that a lot with, like, the humor that's popular amongst the normies. It's, it's kind of masked behind, uh, you know, almost endless amounts of irony where they don't even know if they're being sincere or if they're being, uh, you know, joking or if it's a meme, right? So you see that a lot with the youth and sort of, like, the, the media and the art that's popular amongst people of my generation. I'm, I'm uh, 22, by the way. Yeah, and I'm 31. So I'm nine years older than you. But uh, mm -hmm. I personally think that Generation C, Set C, whatever, has a lot more going for it than millennials. I mean... Mm -hmm. Well, I think, was... that the, I, I think that the my generation, Generation Z, right, uh, 
or Zed, uh, depending on where you are. But it's, uh, I think we're going to be like the next g- great generation. And I think that because uh, we were born at a time where we remember like the world before technology, like that was our childhood. But then we grew up right during the sort of spike in the internet and computers and smartphones and all of this. So, you know, during our formative years, we were able to, you know, have technology and adapt with it while a technology adapt. But the people that are born younger than me, like Generation Alpha, the iPad babies, I mean, they're born into this, uh, this mind tap and they don't even remember a world or are familiar with the world before it even existed. And, uh, you know, they sit on their screens and they're an entirely different breed. And I, I think that my generation, from people I talk to, it seems like everyone is like advert to technology for the most part. And they'll say things like, oh, you know, I would not raise my kids with like an, anything regarding technology. So I think, you know, I, I think when my generation gets a little bit older and we start taking the, uh, the reins from the, the boomers, right? I think that we will start seeing this shift away from uh, technology and sort of use technology more as a tool. Like I like to refer to this as like, a, it's going to be like techno mysticism or it's going to be like a, sort of like a wizard world where it's like, it's like a sci-fi wizard world. Yes, that's a version that can happen and you can create your own version as you see fit if you mm-hmm. have uh, a bit of uh, self reliant adventurous uh, spirit about you and you're not afraid to uh, mm-hmm. end up ostracized but what you're saying applies to the millennials as well when it comes to technology the big difference is that i think millennials are the most indoctrinated propagandized people mm-hmm. on the planet i mean it's pretty evident um all the sort of blue pill rationalizations that are just off the charts and this bourgeoisie kind of leaning like it's only amongst millennials where they kind of want it's almost like they want to create a little mini hollywood for Mm -hmm. themselves yeah i think i think like the big difference between like my generation right this generation z and the the millennials is like it's like it's like a it's like a rule of three right so it's like the millennials it's like they were in like uh you know like middle school high school when in college when social media was a thing right they were all on like aol messenger myspace facebook early adapters things like that and uh it's like my generation it's like we saw the way that the millennials have been like sort of over socialized and I think a lot of people of my generation are rejecting that because they also see on the flip side, you know, what the people that are a little bit younger than us are like. If yeah. that makes sense. So it's like we sort of see like, you know, too warm and too cold. And we've sort of found this uh, balance in the middle. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, but there's so many subcultures and groups now. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everywhere but at the same time everything is being sort of thrown into this uh multicultural mcnugget plastic surgery machine like when you just Mm -hmm. look when you go to instagram even my feed like i just follow you and other shit posters and people who write poetry and like religious stuff but even there Mm -hmm. it just pops up these like hive mind borg creatures 
Yes, and it's you becoming know. quite. You know, there, there's this. There's this thing I like to say, and it's you know the best thing about the the world ending, right? The apocalypse, the secrets revealed, if you will, is that it makes it a lot easier to tell the, the crazy people from the sane people. Because you know, before it's like they sort of walked among us, right? But now it, uh, everyone is making it very easy to see where they stand in this uh, this battle. <laughs> you know, they've they've exposed themselves, and now we see who are the you know the organic people. Uh, and who are under the spell of this uh, hive mind. Yeah, but, you know, narcissism and AI is pretty much the same thing because narcissists, they don't suffer from an elevated ego. They suffer from the fact that they don't really have an inner core to themselves. So they just Mm -hmm. mimic behavior that they see around them in order to maximize profit, which is social gain in the social media world Mm -hmm. so narcissism is like it is the time of narcissus narcissus whatever his name was for sure and they complement each other perfectly are you speaking of the greek god narcissus yes narcissus yeah so he was the one that would uh you know always stare at himself in the mirror and was all uh fixated within himself and there's a lot of stories that are very relevant to you know what you describe within the, the Greek mythos. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like I think I think people it's like uh, they're able to live in their own little worlds now with social media. You know, you can basically choose what you want to show to people and what you want to admit, and you can sort of craft your own identity on a level that was never uh, possible. So it's definitely encouraging these narcissistic like tendencies and all these dark triad uh, personality traits. Yes. Um, or if not that, just sort of abandoning your inner core and despite not being a narcissist, engaging in narcissistic mirror behavior, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's it really is a lot like AI because uh, it just doesn't have something within themselves. Mm-hmm. That's why they're so... Yes, they're severed sort from the tricky. spirit, if you will. Yeah. They've they, been soldered from their, their love of God and creation. And they yes. worship themselves. Yeah, they worship themselves. But the reason why is because they don't really have a self. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to fill so, this hole, this void within themselves. Yes, for sure. And uh, we are all engaging in the technocratic process and meme magic is a big part of it and that's why the left can't meme because meme Uh, is just reproduction really it's a expression of your dna into the darpa machine (laughs) and uh, that's why the left can't meme because they can't reproduce (laughs) they don't have children you know yeah No, I, I completely agree. You know, I think uh, memes in a way is giving uh, the power of it's giving the bullhorn back to the people. Right. So, you know, throughout human history, the elite uh, in whatever specific uh, paradigm you want to observe, observe. But the elite always make sure that they keep uh, the, you know, the memes of production, if you will, uh, under lock and key. So you can think of things like syndicate broadcasting, you know, in like the, you know, from like the 19, whatever that is, 1940s to like 1980s. You had syndicate broadcasting was huge. And now, you know, since the 90s and 2000s and then now we're sort of seeing the, 
you know, slow degrade into now it is becoming a complete collapse of uh, syndicate broadcasting and the legacy media model. And uh, I think you can really observe that now with our, our friend over at uh, the Joe Rogan Experience. They're very yes. threatened by them. Yes, they are for sure. Uh, it's just pretty funny what's happened recently. Um, I didn't like the way he cooked so hard. Um, he should have just uh-huh. taken it I with agree. a smile and it would have been better. <laughs> I, think. I, I agree. Okay, I agree. But I think that, so overall, right, the uh, first point I want to make is I think you should never apologize to the reactionary liberals on Twitter. Because they just take that like the way that they the way that their uh, process functions is that they're basically all children that are hurting and crying out for some sort of uh, maternal figure to come in, uh, you know, subdue their their troubles and their worries. So they're they're hurting children. And what Joe Rogan does or anyone that apologizes to them, you're giving them that reassurance and conditioning that uh, behavior of the now that they know that they can they can they can twist him and distort him uh, through this uh, this conceding of the apology. It's better just to ignore them because they'll eventually get bored and find someone else to cry at. You know, it's like feeding a, a stray cat. <laughs> so, but uh, that's the first point I want to make. And uh, the second point is regarding uh, his response. I, I think that uh, ultimately in in Joe's where, where Joe is in terms of his power and his politics. Uh, it doesn't really matter too much with his apology. Like, you know, it might be seen as weakness, but I mean, it, ultimately, it has no effect on what's going to happen to him. No. Like, it's like what? So, what? What's the worst case scenario, right? He loses his deal with Spotify and gets paid out of his contract of like 150 million dollars. That doesn't sound so bad. I think it would be a really great thing if he was kicked off Spotify the way it's going right now. Um, Another thing, I totally agree that they are uh, emotionally reactive, Ted Kaczynski archetype descriptive children. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, there's a lot of of those forces. Uh, Let's just take Twitter, because that's the greatest sphere sphere for uh, observing this. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, plenty of them are bots, and a lot of them are basically AI. I'm I'm not saying they are necessarily AI, but they react and communicate exactly Mm -hmm. like AI. I've been talking to a lot of uh, leftoid vaccine shills, and they react exactly like a sort of chat bot would. Mm -hmm. I and really and I'm sure are, but what what you're describing. So uh, just to clarify, it's like my educational background is within psycholinguistics and like parapsychology. So I, I've studied. I, I have a master's degree. I was going to do my PhD, but then this whole COVID thing happened. So I'm sort of just saying I'm just going to go on the internet and share my ideas there. But that's my background, right? So what you're describing is that on platforms like Twitter where the algorithms have so much power and there's all of these bot farm accounts that are, you know, they, Twitter knows that a, a significant portion of their user base are bots. Some of the bots they control, some of the bots they don't control, but they see it in their best interest to keep the bots. You know, it gives them more engagement, it keeps everything going, it, you know, uh, they use their bots, other people use their bots, it's this whole thing. 
And uh, what those bots do is they establish this artificial relationship. Well, the bots and the AI, they establish this artificial relationship that all of these, what you're calling the uh, leftoids, that they're imprinting onto socially. So it's like, if you've ever heard of the, the, the study, it's called like the, the blanket mom and the wire mom. And there was a study done, uh, psychological study done on little baby monkeys, where basically they put these baby monkeys in a, in a cage and uh, one group had a, uh, like this doll that had like a heated blanket and it was like, it looked like their mother and the baby monkeys imprinted onto that. And they all had various, uh, you know, uh, personality traits and characteristics that were more healthy, right? They were more social. Uh, they were more, uh, you, they had sexual relationships. They had all these things that they could observe that were seen as, you know, uh, you know, positive uh, evolutionarily for the monkeys. But then the monkeys that had the wire mom, and this would be the, the cold uh, AI mother that is that these leftoids are imprinting on on Twitter, uh, they would be antisocial. They would have antisocial personality traits, and they would be uh, abrasive, and they would be disconnected, and they would be uh, very hurt and confused and in this constant state of uh, reassurance and support. And I think, I think that's what you're describing here. Mommy AI wisdom. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, and that's what I'm seeing, too. I remember uh, there were some campaigns against unvaccinated people, notably on Twitter, in uh, Normie way. And uh, the whole procedure goes like this. Uh, they, <clears throat> they send their message to some, like, female influencers, bloggers, mm -hmm. these, like, sort of good-looking girls who, are, who look kind of fake. So they've been... Yeah, who, the may may be, who may or may not be computer-generated. Uh, yes, but I think a lot of them are real, but some are computer-generated. But anyway, and so they would fling out these things like, uh, uh, I, I will not be friends with the unvaccinated. And all the like, uh -huh. <laughs> leftoids, they love it and stuff. And then you go and comment... And then they reply. And then if you if you got in a longer debate, I would just notice these bots pop up that claim to be doctors. And then they were clearly fake accounts. And those influencer people, and many of them are real, they would literally engage with the bot and talk to it yes. as if it was a person. And they didn't realize that it was yeah. a bot. And, <laughs> and all I'm of this like, opposed to... 4chan as the contrast, right? So with 4chan, there are so many bots on 4chan. There are an overwhelming amount of literal paid shills and agents that go on 4chan to derail and to slide conversations. It's, uh, it's, and it's, it's been drastically increased uh, post-2016, if I may add. Before the, before the 2016 election, uh, there was very little uh, bots opposed to like now maybe it was you know uh, less than you know five percent i would say but i would argue that right now it's like uh you know anywhere from 75 to 90 percent bots on, on most threads they target certain topics and they they'll create their own threads and then a bunch of bots will just pump in replies but on 4chan due to the structure of it and due to the nature of it and due to the demographic of people that are highly psychic and they they have a lot of psychic potential and they're highly intuitive they of course can just naturally siphon through what is a bot and what is an, you know what is true and what is false you don't have to be spoon-fed to all of these underhand psychological uh <laughs> all of these underhand psychological uh, operations 
to get you from point A to point B like the people on Twitter need because they're the, they, they are midwits. Like they are what they are the the bell curve meme. Yeah. But consider 4chan where <clears throat> whether or not you're communicating with a bot. Uh, you solve the captcha so that the AI thing can figure out yeah. how you think and then it's put into this systematic sort of machine learning process is what I believe. But anyway, so then oh, it is. They, they sell all that data on the, yeah, other, and, on the, on the back side, yeah. Uh, but then, okay, let's say you start going there when you're 17 and you engage mm-hmm. with a bunch of Nazis and hippies and flat earthers and... Yeah, all uh, the, the outcasts that live yeah, outside the... Yeah, Jewishers and race hustlers and all kinds of stuff. And you engage back and forth using language. As mm-hmm. your like way of communicating, can you imagine how much the human linguistic social IQ has been upgraded by that process? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it literally. most certainly has. It's very, it's extremely decentralized, and I mean, it allows for people from all over the world to engage and communicate with each other. And like that, that, that sort of decentralization, right? As we're seeing with Joe Rogan and the, the rise of, of podcasting opposed to syndicate legacy broadcasting in the in legacy media, right? That is the, it's symbolic of the same uh, trend. And what I believe this is the shift in the age of Aquarius. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation, really. <laughs> I've got things on my uh, Patreon and my SoundCloud if you want to listen about the age of Aquarius. Uh, but it's like uh, it's this shift into from these centralized uh, big players, right? The, the these institutions that have so much power over the paradigm, over the reality, over everything, right? They have all of this power. However, you, you want to define that, right? And it's it's the breaking down of these institutions into a more decentralized and deterritorialized uh, world, right? Where the flow of information is not controlled by these giant monoliths that are you know casting the tide but rather it's given back to the people right that's why in the age of aquarius the the symbol is that of the water bearer it's the only astrological symbol symbol that is representative of a human and it's it's basically uh this boy and he's holding a pot and he's commanding the water to go into the pot so we're all becoming increasingly psychic and that really scares uh the power structure and the uh the controllers yeah, <clears throat> but at the same time, it's kind of made to be like that. For instance, Klaus Schwab, he is propped up to be a villain and mm-hmm. everything he represents. It's supposed to fail. It's not supposed to succeed. It's mm-hmm. literally so ridiculous, that worldview yeah. that they're imprinting on people, that it's just, I I cannot for the life of me ah. believe that they are being yeah. sincere in anything they're even <laughs> saying. They're that disconnected. But see, I think the, I think where the needle is right now in terms of what's observable and like what's still like fermenting within the woo, right? Uh, this fermentation is a big concept of what's going on right now. Everything's been fermenting. It's building pressure. And I, I think with what we can see right now, the question you have to be asking yourself is, you know, are these people, these elites, the, you know, the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab's global leaders, uh, like Justin Trudeau and the Prime Minister of New Zealand and all of these people, it's like, are they really this, you know, blinded by hubris? And are they really thinking that what their plan was for Agenda 2030, is that, do they really think that was going to work? Or are they playing uh, some sort of 
5D chess and they want everything to collapse. And then, uh, but see, I, I, I personally believe that they are that disconnected. I really do. That's my belief. Like, you know, it could be wrong, but I think where the needle is, where the conversation needs to be right now for everyone is what side, what do you think? You know, are they this stupid or is it, you know, <laughs> that's really where it's at. That's what the discussion needs to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're stupid, but I think a lot of them are drugged out. And uh, I think a lot of them have been given marching orders. But oh, yes. the play, as it is, the whole gig is this process of devolution. It's mm-hmm. Mar- Marxists 1.0, and then we're going to have the Nazis 2.0. That's mm-hmm. like the game being played. And then the best solution, personally, mm-hmm. is to work towards finding <clears throat> opportunities to exist while all that insanity happens. Because mm-hmm. it's so, on Telegram, it's so similar to like Nazis and commies in 1930s Germany. It's yeah. like the exact same rhetoric yeah. and dialectic. That, it's just be right now. Is, yeah, is it, is it it's so weird? Techno. Well, first of all, the reason why it's weird is because those groups largely are just clinging on to ideologies that are a rotting husk. Uh, you saw this with like the fall of Rome. It's like people would have all of these very strange ideologies that are just like uh, these reconstructed concepts of things that are not even applicable for what we're dealing with now. So it's like. Uh, that's all. I think that's all going to break down. It's all a cope, right? It's all just people clinging on to what's familiar and trying to apply it to this thing that is going to be ultimately and all uh, encompassing a paradigm shift. So we're not going. I don't think. I think it's just a growing pain. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, but they're memeing it really hard and shilling it really hard. <laughs> yes, like just the, the elite would love nice. that. Right? If we would keep some semblance of a world that they can operate within and they have familiarity of because, you know, they don't want to have to reinvent the wheel, you see. But they, they know that their game is up. They know that with what's coming, this top-down power will not be uh, – it's in the age of Aquarius, it will just not be able to function. You know, the, no. the, the, the power is given back to the people. Not following the astronomical thesis. Uh, I have some knowledge of it, not too much. But uh, I've listened to some of your talks, and I've listened to other people talk about it as well. So I'm uh, familiar with the term terminology. Uh, mm-hmm. But it just seems like the entire point. Like, we have sort of three big uh, players, you know? The World Health Organization, gender fluid, gender queer Marxists, and then mm-hmm. the World Economic Forum Swiss Nazis. And then we have... Joe Rogan and DMT tripping, free ranging. Yeah. Sort of so the way that I, the way that I the way that I would conceptualize what you've just described is there's this. I I, I wouldn't say that there's uh, three players. I, I would say that there's two, and I would say that it's this this self organizing collective, and that's what you described with the Joe Rogan, uh, and that's uh, you know the people like myself and uh, other people that are that cannot help see what's going on right now and having to speak about it and share what they are seeing because it's so it's, it's impossible not to see, right? That's it's self-organizing. It's decentralized. It's people that are becoming woo surfers and they're surfing these waves and these trends and they're organizing in a decentralized manner, right? A, a way that is 
uh, decentralization is a, a threat to the paradigm. And then the other group that we're seeing is you could call that the Illuminati or you could call them the New World Order. And that is the Klaus Schwab and his army of useful idiots and paid chills. They're all with under that umbrella, right? The, the people you described as like the pink haired, uh, you know, the uh, liberal types. I mean, th those people are just useful idiots. They're trapped within the, an ideology that they don't fully even understand. And they're being sedated with uh, various uh, poisons and, uh, you know, and heavy psyops. So they're just the pawns of the, that side of this war. <clears throat> that is true. And I realize Klaus Schwab is working with... Xi Jinping, but there is like a divide because you have oh, uh, the sort of woke leftoids who are just running errands in order to accelerate the destruction of the academies. Mm -hmm. um, and next to them, you have the sort of like conservatives who are World Economic Forum shields. And here in Norway, they all belong to the party the right party, this sort of like conservative party. Mm -hmm. And it's always these like merchants, <laughs> like people who own businesses, they own maybe a grocery store or something mm -hmm. like that. And, well, it's like uh, when, you're, when you're contributing to the economy at that level of this caste system, you know, you're doing what's in your best interest and you're in this marginalized group that is a you know, business owner or like a trader and that you know, you're playing your role within this, uh, this, this. You know, it's it's you're trapped ideologically because you want what serves your best business needs, and that sort of falls under you. Under you know, within the paradigm, they convince you that they're that they're uh, what they're offering is what's best for you, right? And that gets into like identity politics. Of course, I don't believe that should be the case, but that's just uh, the tools of the enemy. Yeah, it's all really interesting uh, in the <clears throat> theological. Academy in Norway, there's a lot of Jesuit Marxism right now, mm -hmm. and uh, we just we got a new uh, head headmaster or whatever it's called, and uh, suddenly the what they taught and whatever changed. It became this like gender thing and black feminist theory and queer mm -hmm. theory, just all, <laughs> all, all kinds of stuff Marxism like that. Right. Yeah, it's so weird. And then there's like they're like really into what they call bioethics and then oh, yeah. i haven't taken the course but I, I just read uh the description of it i'm like they call this bioethics just like it's just lunacy <laughs> just all this stuff about communitarianism like oh yeah now we don't believe in the individual anymore now it's all about uh, the greater good you know <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah right because th what they're preparing okay what they're preparing people for right under that uh under that framework, under that ideology, the larger umbrella of what they're working towards is, you know, the you will own nothing, uh, you will eat the bug, and you will live in the pod, right? That's an article that was literally put out by – all those things are on the World Economic Forum website. They don't try to make an effort to uh, conceal their intentions here. Um, and uh, – pardon me. And uh, it's uh, – it, it, it's you know they they don't they don't have to hide it and it's like the larger battle that's being fought here is between you know these transhumanists right these people that are under this sort of hive mind right I believe it's space aliens that are controlling them um, but I'm you know that's my that's my framework <laughs> you know uh, I'm not you know I'm willing to adjust I, I'm a, I have an observational based mindset so it's like I don't believe uh, 
I, I don't really believe everything that I, you know, speak of and I think and it's like a working framework that will change based off my observations and the data that I'm provided. So it's like I think like a scientist in many ways. And uh, <laughs> I guess uh, they, they took me out. <laughs> they were listening and they're like, no, yeah, they, the they, had to shut, they had to shut it down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's what I was saying is it's this sort of transhumanist alien hive mind. Uh, you know, the World Economic Forum, all these people, this collective, I, I don't know where I cut off, but did I say that I believe that they're controlled by aliens? Yes, but what's the real difference between aliens and fallen watchers? I, there's very little difference. I think they're described, uh, aliens are just, every, okay, so all language and all words and all symbols are just uh, an attempt to define uh, this indefinable uh, nature of reality. So when I say aliens, uh, it's just a symbol, right? It's just the closest symbol that I have for confining uh, within my framework what I believe I'm experiencing in, in this capital R reality, right? The woo. And, uh, you know, you can call them fallen watchers, right? It's, I think they, those terms are defining the same thing, right? They're doors to the same house. It's just really interesting because <clears throat> of what happened during the Enlightenment when everything sort of... Uh, because the church, they were saying a bunch of stuff that we now believe. Then again, who knows what's true when it comes to the stars above us. But uh, that was called the darkness of the school. The Catholic Aristotelian sort of school and mindset. And then uh, these like new thinkers came along. Uh, the free Masonic uh, Enlightenment people. And then our entire mantra and dogma turns into a Promethean self-fulfilling mechanistic Darwinistic uh, prophecy where uh, it's just when you say aliens I say fallen watchers uh, it's just really interesting how this hatred for humanity is like always in there um, I've talked to a lot of people who are vexed and I try to like red pill them on the backs and then they'll say just like without me saying anything about it, that the biggest problem is that we are overpopulated. I've heard so many say it. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What you're seeing is like uh, the normies, it's like they're so shaken up and scrambled that it's like they're getting in this new information all the time, right? They're making these observations and gathering this data, and they're having to find a way to integrate this into their uh, scrambled reality that they've been trauma-based, mind-controlled into uh, accepting, right? Think of like Orwellian doublethink. It's like they're, they've, they've crossed the wires of their brain, and they, they, they know that the Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and all of these people, they openly say, you know, we need to get the world down but to 500 million people, right? All, this, all of this uh, genocidal stuff. And uh, they know that they're the ones pushing the vaccine, but they know that the vaccine can't be dangerous in any way or have any implication of being fit into this larger agenda. And I don't, I don't really want to get too much into that because it's, some, it's very controversial. And it's, uh, you know, I could dedicate a whole... Uh, I'd have to dedicate a whole conversation to that because I think that the, the rhetoric of thinking the vaccine is dangerous... Uh, could also be useful to achieving what they would like to achieve, even if it is only partially true or not true at all. Similar to how at the beginning they hyped up COVID and they had all these people convinced that COVID was going to be this, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, it has a 50% death rate. And they had all these videos coming out of China from the dark web and the deep web. And uh, so it's it, it, the, the, the thought that the vaccines are this sort of uh, agent of 
this depopulation, it's certainly on the table for discussion, uh, but I don't believe that there's any uh, concrete empirical evidence to suggest that, but it's a hypothesis that we can run with. Uh, and I think that's, you know, what normies, the normies, they are too afraid to explore, uh, con you know, completely contradicting worldviews. They like to cling on to theirs because of their ego. As I said in the beginning, they don't like things that have the combination of being true and funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, the universe tends to be true. That's one thing I've learned. Uh, I think that the universe, yeah. right, God, uh, the universe, uh, I use those terms essentially synonymous to me. Saman uh, you know, uh, the Tao, right? It's the, they, they have a sense of humor. Uh, you know, we, there's this quote, and it's, you know, man takes so seriously what the gods made for fun, for entertainment. Yeah, that's true. But um, I I only thought it could be a deep pop scheme for around three or four months. Uh, really early, by the way, because mm -hmm. I have a friend who likes to crush numbers and he works in medical and he fetched some of the early numbers and they were <laughs> horrendous. And so I was like, oh yeah, shit, that's what's going on. But then mm -hmm. as time progresses, it's becoming pretty evident that's not that is not really the no, goal I, it is I, something the goal is to do a passport and then use that to control humanity and then you know once they had the passport system installed they could then just dwindle the population down with the three months vaccinations that they were uh advocating for right that's what they say in the eu and uh in australia and germany they're all saying oh in order to be considered fully vaccinated, you have to get it every three months. So then what they could do is they could spike, you know, maybe uh, whatever demographic and what location to target with the, the regular inoculations to wipe out that population once the infrastructure is in place. So it would not make sense from the beginning for the original vaccines to be some sort of agent of genocide because it would be uh, it would not support the larger system of control that they're trying to uh, replace the current paradigm with, which is this sort of... Uh, you know, microchip passport system. All of this is already blown up in their face. And now we're watching them uh, go on the defensive and try to <laughs> uh, save face and remain in control as this whole <laughs> clown world progresses, as the circus rolls on. Yeah. Um, but the main thing about <clears throat> the mRNA vaccines is, as far as I can tell, cancer related. That would be um, a concern. Two, we, you know, I'm not saying that there's a, I'm not saying that there is any, you know, it's the problem is that there's no data. There's no long term data of these vaccines. You see the people on Twitter and they all say, uh, you know, oh, the science is more developed now. And that's why we know these are safe. But, you know, humans aren't very good at, at making vaccines like the polio vaccine took, what, like 50 years. And, uh, you know, it's like the overwhelming majority of vaccines that we try to make end up doing more harm than good. So, you know, I hope for the sake of everyone that this vaccine is not one of those cases. You know, I hope that it's safe or, you know, the, the, the risks are uh, minimal, uh, but uh, there's no way of yes, knowing yes. that, right? It's been <clears throat> out for about a year for most populations. But that is not true. And we know that from brushing some numbers. But what I was getting into is the fact that it has to do more so with cancer than other mm -hmm. things. And right now we have 5G towers, but there's going to be 6G and 7G. So I think the whole scheme uh, involves this uh, transhuman Borg AI hive mind kind of thing. 
um, <clears throat> where you upgrade humans, uh, develop medicines so that they're able to live in such an environment. And I think mm -hmm. people who refuse to get it, they will not be able to live in cities because I literally think they're going to die in like 20 years because of all the radiation. Uh, and, you know, that hypothesis, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some truth to that entire thing. If you uh, read the work of Klaus Schwab and his his uh, acclaimed novel, uh, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, I mean, this is what he lays out as his plan for the future of humanity. Mm. This sort of it's biotech. So, uh, it's so interesting, uh, <clears throat> the level of demoralization that you see on display in uh, Vax cultists, leftoids, because just imagine the level you have to be at to be at this point where like, okay, so I could, I could perhaps accept a police state social credit score system. I could perhaps uh, get with that, just like sort of go a bit under the radar and do my own thing. But then you just mix into that the fact <laughs> that you need to take your medicines as well. And it just becomes preposterous. And I just can't, for the life of me, figure out how yeah. much of an Enoch slave you have to be to see that and just go, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You know? Yeah, I mean, you have to be extremely demoralized. And I, I think largely that's what we're seeing, the seeds that have been planted through this. Obviously, that's what it's trying to uh, prepare the, the masses for, um, is this shift into this sort of, tech, uh, you know, this... Uh, what was I calling it? The, the, oh, I had I was using a term for it earlier for this uh, this uh, transhumanist agenda. That's what I was calling it. It's uh, you know that's the long term plan. Is uh, what transhumanism in an artistic sense represents, uh, and postmodernism at large. Like postmodernism is a predecessor of this transhuman agenda because postmodernist, and I, this is purely from an art sense. Like when I first went to college, I, w I was an art history major. I was very interested in studying the different eras and ages and uh, stylistic uh, phases of the human humans and their creativity and how that reflects the culture. Because I believe the artists are the first ones who really depict what's going on, right? They're the, they're the ones who have their ear to the ground. And, and, you know, the artist is the same role as the meme magician, you know, in the, the meme page admins and the memers, right? It's all the same thing. But postmodernism is the first time where we see this separation from self, from uh, objective, right? The subjective versus the objective. And what this has done uh, in many ways is it's made it so, it, you know, if you think about it in terms of uh, our, our society, right? It's like, you know, the society is not designed in any way to be accommodating for the needs of humans. And humans are having to modify themselves, right, to be a product to be more suited, to be best adept for society. And the transhumanist agenda is, is the end goal is 100% modifying humans to fit this system. And the reason why that is is because the elite need this system, right? Outside of the game that they've created, they're just any, like anyone else. But in this system that they've built and they preserve, that's where their entire illusion of hierarchical power comes from. Yes, <clears throat> this is true. Um, one thing that I find really interesting with the whole trans thing and how it relates to, obviously, trans humanism is uh, these ancient tales of Inanna or Ishtar associated with turning men into 
women and they would have have what they called galas and they were homosexual men <laughs> famed for sleeping with other men and then you see rappers in hollywood dressed up in dresses and mm -hmm. rappers suddenly there with a dude but they look uncomfortable but they're still there because they're like a slave to these like mm -hmm. it's like a religion to them they they yeah. are a religious cult but hey i have to um i have to hang up for a little bit because i have to pee because this beer really yeah uh, yeah go ahead i'll stay here you, you, uh, just you know edit this part out of the recording yes. I'll, I'll just hang in here I'll be back in one and a half minutes or something. <laughs> but hello, hello. But yeah, um, just gonna go right back into it. I'm not gonna repeat myself too long. But um, <clears throat> just read through some ancient Moloch and Ishtar, Inanna, the goddess worship, Osiris gnostic secret history and then mm -hmm. it just like makes a lot of sense and i know a girl who uh, she's really involved with the facebook nft art scene <laughs> and yeah. uh, she's just flying around the world and it's all these organizations there like <clears throat> un women and all kind of stuff and uh, she was filming the artwork when she was there and there was this like pyramid that had an eye in the middle and it was spinning around and it had like a woman, like a demon looking whore woman with an upside down cross and her legs spread out. And I'm like, what is going on? And everyone's just walking around in the NFT thing and the crown prince is there and everyone's like, oh, this is so awesome. And I'm like, how can you not have the spiritual eye to even discern something as obvious as that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's like, look at like that advertisement they made when they announced they were becoming meta. There's just something so uncanny and unrealistic, like so unnatural and uh, almost satanic feel to it. Yeah, um, that is Mystery Babylon. Mm -hmm. I and think. I think it also ties in sort of like this alchemical uh, fixation of, you know, combining a man and, and woman into one body with two spines. And it's sort of something you know, that's been documented all of uh, a lot of different uh, sort of a cult and uh, it comes you know, from there's... a place um, yeah, in 1945 they discovered this is why I take issue with a lot of uh, so Graham Hancock and Gaia Ascending and lots of those cults yeah. there because uh, some of the Gnostic texts are highly valuable and really good and some others are pure garbage like the Apocalypse of Adam that mm -hmm. literally has this thing that the snake comes and enlightens humanity and tells humans that you will be greater than both God and the angels. And by the way, you're supposed to be one thing. You're supposed to be androgynous. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then they like rediscover it and they like put it everywhere. And like, yes, you know, this is the truth. I'm just like, yeah. What you're saying is, you know, we're navigating through very, uh, muddy waters like we're deep in the sediment of the woo you know and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of muddying of the waters that are it's done intentionally to cause confusion and chaos and uh, muddy you know muddy the well Poison yeah the well. i guess so but it just matches so perfectly with because it seems like the power elite uh some of them are christians or they believe they are plenty are darwinistic mechanistic atheists who 
you know, that leads to Malthusianism and uh, yeah, it's turning people into robots. And then you have uh, free thinking spiritual people, uh, like not necessarily him as a person, but the Rudolf Steiner school and stuff like that. And you have all the Hindus and whatever, but then you have these like weird ass pagan people and, uh, <laughs> and like uh, Ishtar or Inanna cultists is what it seems like uh, you know it seems like yeah. it's their religion I, the way i look at it is uh you know there are some people in the world that are uh joiners and there are some people in the world that are not joiners so a- as someone who is an adamant not joiner uh, it's very hard for me to understand the lens of uh, those who decide to submit themselves to some organization mm, right yeah. so that's the problem that you're seeing here is uh you're just like me and we're just uh independent and stubborn and caught in our ways and we just want to be left alone with our ideas and there's these people that think that there's this benefit of submitting themselves to some uh you know maybe cult-like uh organization that you know is uh monetizing off of their uh membership and alliance and dedication to the the cause right but people like you and i we are not meant to join such groups no for sure not it was so strange when I first realized that this vaccine sort of Jonestown cult was, was of course going to start demanding that I participate as well. Oh yeah. I knew from the you beginning know? of COVID that this is the, the end goal. I, I could see the writing on the wall very early that this was, I mean, it, it's a sacrament, right? You don't have to believe that it's uh, Jonestown in the sense that it, it's going to kill everyone because I don't believe that that's really the case. I, I, I believe it's either, Jonestown it in the, it's the Jonestown same in, Yeah, it's Jonestown in the uh, the extent where they are all taking the sacrament of this new state, new world order religion. And through that, they're able to distort them. That's why I believe that uh, the vaccine being deadly is simply just part – if it is, like, I'm not saying literally, but the, the, the discourse and the narrative and the uh, – that, that narrative is just another counter-intel psyop. I believe because then they can once they once you've taken the sacrament right this you've taken this inoculation uh, the elite are going to be able to distort you at this level that is unprecedented because they'll say oh you got the vaccine now you have to do this it's like you they've inserted a string into you that they can tug and pull at yeah true and uh, a lot of them act <clears throat> like AI chat but and then the rest that i've noticed they are very uh they're very proud in being willfully ignorant well like they take a great amount of pride in that that like any sort of new thoughts that's that's a conspiracy yeah all all cults uh we don't even have to just speak of the current cult of the new state new world order religion that we're witnessing but the cult of uh any any cult they of course through their uh their evolution they have to describe they have to have a way that they handle um and cope with uh you know information and uh that is outside of their approved messaging and narrative, right? The, the paradigm that they've constructed, they all have to have their coping mechanism of how they deal with external information. And that's like a key uh, identification of a cult, right? So think of like the, the Catholic church, you know, they'll say, oh, that's hearsay, or that's your, your uh, you know, put Galileo away in the Inquisition and all this stuff. It's all demonic, right? 
uh, things of that nature, right? And it extends to, you know, the Mormons and the Scientologists and Jehovah's Witnesses, right? They all have these punishments for being outside of the box, right? When, when I believe we should encourage everyone to be outside of the box and be free, right? Yes, and there's a lot of value to that. And that's what works for you and works for me. Uh, but there is also value to communitarianism to some degree. But then, so Norway is a very collectivist society. That's why we're a high trust society. We trust the media and we trust the government. And that is actually an amazing thing until it is not. And then it is much more horrible than it ever was amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting uh, to see where this all goes, and I, I think me, you know, people have known for all of humanity where this is going to go, right? These things are not new concepts. The alien hive mind uh, has always been present, right? This not human factor, uh, this very bug-like hive mind, like they think in this sort of uh, matriarchal way. Think of like a uh, ant hill, or like an ant colony, right? There's the queen ant, right? The head of the hive mind, and the beehives, right? The, another. Uh, matriarchal structure with the queen bee and it's all controlled through pheromones right mind control and all of the yeah. you know the 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 drones of the the hive of the, are willing to sacrifice themselves for the preservation of their queen yeah and uh, <clears throat> i actually have a pal who's very red pilled on a lot of things but when it comes to all this stuff he's like down to such an extent that i'm wondering What's going on? But then I realized how often he talked about ant hills and how they're so wonderful, <laughs> and uh, how he reveres Alexander the Great and these great heroes and stuff. And uh, it just becomes kind of like, oh yeah, he was like meant to do this. This is like and he I liked this. He wants humanity to unite. He wants science to prosper, and then he wants us to explore the stars, uh, the Nietzschean, Promethean. Over man is what he wants, uh, but oh, that's yeah, not what's going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, you know I, I've met a lot of people that are in that that headspace as well, and uh, you know I think they're in less they're in for less of a rude awakening than those that are entirely ignorant. <laughs> you know, he's at least got some definitions and some framework that he's working on that goes outside of the uh, the cookie cutter uh, state fed narrative, but. Uh, the, the normies, as we'll call them, they're, they're going to be in for a very rude awakening soon. Because I always say, you know, you can uh, ignore reality for as long as you want, uh, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. So having this, uh, living in this headspace that is not in aligned with reality, which reality is in constant flux, it's dynamic. So it's just, you have to update your worldview accordingly. But normies, right, they are, have a belief mindset, not an observational mindset. And they are clinging on to their uh, their ego and their paradigm and their definitions and their worldview. That is like a rotting corpse. Like that's what we were talking about earlier with the telegram and all of the uh, Nazi neo Nazis and all of the uh, neo communists that are bubbling up there. I'm sure a lot of that is not organic, uh, but no, no, it, they're all just hoping. It wasn't was organic the last time either. <clears throat> no, it never is. Um, but it's just so funny how it can just happen again without seemingly any second thought to, oh, like this is exactly like 1930s Germany. And then they're just like, oh, let's go do it. <laughs> you know, well, it, it, it seems like Hitler. 
was against mandatory vaccinations as well. Yeah, you didn't know, you hear? Of course, yeah, people? I've heard that. <laughs> Is that even true? I, I have no idea, but I saw that the you know the the more lower hanging tabloid esque legacy media they were sort of picking up on that narrative a while ago. <laughs> so, you really have to pity those people who who still remain and for meme's sake, uh, let's say, Vice Media. Imagine someone who, who reads Vice Media in 2022 and goes like, yes, I agree with mm-hmm. most of this. Just then that person has really uh, got stuck in the mud. Oh, that's exactly. They're not going to progress yeah. from that point, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're they're stuck in this uh, the deep sediment of the woo, right? And the, it's like mm. they, it's like they have their surfboard in their hand, and they're running uh, and they're running out into to catch a wave, and uh, they just their legs got stuck in some quicksand, and they are just like <laughs> instead of trying to get out of the quicksand, they're like, "This is fine." You know, never-ending story. Uh, I'm familiar with it. I, I've never seen it, but I'm sure people in the audience have, uh, are going to get the reference, so go for it. Yeah, you have to see Never Ending Story. So they are, they are the horse and the boy pulling the horse at the same time. But instead ah. of a boy, you're replaced with like a goblin who pushed the horse down. <laughs> and you're like giggling while doing it. Yes. I remember when all this started happening, I told my wife, like, I can just sense the goblins. You know, now there's a bunch of goblins, and they they are dancing at the table. They and they will go up on the table, and start throwing things around, and the diners will just like clap and laugh about it. And all these ugly goblins, they're just gonna dance all over the table, until some orcs come and smash them off the table. And that was basically, yeah, that's the situation. <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of like the self-organizing collective, how I see it. Right? It's it's, uh, you know, people are going to step up. It's the first step is identification. So, you know, people have to be made aware of what's happening. And that's happening now at an exponential cycle, because the more that the elite are pushing for their objective, right, the more desperate that they're getting and the harder they're pushing, it's making it so people have no choice but to see what's going on. And it's it's making themselves known, right? So think of it as like a, it's like a, they're, it's like you're fighting a phantom, you know what I mean? It's elusive, but until it makes itself known to you, you can go about identifying it and going about, uh, you know, finding a solution. And that, that goes with all problem solving, like even like in like a psychological and like, uh, you know, well-being sense. You know, if you have problems in your life, the first step is always identification and acceptance and then finding the solution. And that's why... <clears throat> It's such a big part of the scheme to prevent identification. Yeah, it has to remain, you know, elusive, right? And they use puppets and uh, the the elite, right? The Illuminati. They use their political actors, and they use the, you know, the the, the bread and circus of the, the television and the the legacy media model. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's this very elaborate system, and it's all kind of crumbling down along with the paradigm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's crumbling down to <clears throat> such an extent that that's why, like, no, nobody knows for sure what's going on. But I just feel like the point is for this to fail. It's almost like I'm not saying the people engaged, like the New Zealand, uh, perhaps Tranny, 
uh, minister, whatever, prime, prime minister. Yeah, I uh, always forget her name. I yeah, her. Jacinda Arden or something. But I'm not saying that she has any of these thoughts that I'm saying now. But what oh, I am no. saying is being propped up to fail on mm-hmm. purpose. And then it's going to be decentralized and it's going to be crypto and this like incredible freedom and then revolutions are going to happen. And then if this revolution was an organic revolution simply uh, by the people of the people against the elites, then that would be the first revolution in history where that is the case. Uh, I wouldn't say the first revolution in history, but certainly the first revolution within several thousand years of human history. Okay, let's say several thousand years then. I mean, um, relevant history. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's all what you're describing. It's... Uh, it's it's simply the shifting from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, you know. So it's uh, the age of these institutional power is it's it's breaking down, right? The schools of fish are dismantling, and the fish are becoming man, and the man is learning how to tra- like manipulate the metaphysical and the psychic, right? The woo. So you wanna know the most gangster saying <clears throat> ever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Jesus when. He says, uh, the end is the end of the age. Uh, yeah. The weeds are the people of the devil. And the harvesters are coming to remove the weeds. And the harvesters are angels. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- Jesus is like, uh, it's like the Bible and everything. You know, Christ, it's, uh, there's everything that you need to know, I believe, about you can learn so much from it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like when people are edgy and they'll say, oh, I, you know, they'll say bad things about the Bible. I think that those people have just, uh, they've fallen for some sort of organizational religion or they're, you know, it's, it's all, I, you have to open your heart up to it. You know what I mean? It's like the, all the best quotes come from Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, I identify personally as like a, a Taoist, if anything, if I had to give myself a label. But I believe that Taoism just describes the same thing as Christian. Those two things are they work together hand in hand there's a, there's a it, it appears we've been uh, we were cut down again yeah. we started talking about Jesus we were getting uh, too close we getting too clo- we were flying we were flying too close to the sun yet again so. <laughs> you know that uh, dude uh, the Russian guy who has studied on MIT he has a podcast he's been to Joe Rogan several times oh uh, I'm sure I've heard <laughs> I'm sure but, it's so funny because uh, <laughs> he always wears a black suit, so he's dressed up like uh, Agent Smith in The Matrix. And then he went to Joe Rogan one time, and he was like, uh, why are you always wearing that tie? You know, I can choke you out and kill you with the, when you wear that tie. I would I would murder you. <laughs> Just yeah, I've, I've like, seen that clip. Threat. <laughs> Maybe he knows who he is. <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of funny. There's like the symbology behind ties and like fashion and what it means. Uh, you know, it's your, <laughs> the symbology behind what it means to wear your suit and go to work to your nine to five every day. Yeah, but the entire fashion industry and the people in it, it's just so weird. Um, I remember when I got to know some Vice writers and uh, that was the most basic bitch narcissism I've ever seen. Like they had no core to themselves. It was all this bourgeoisie kind of 
stuff and always trying to, even though they were just working bars and really didn't have their shit in order, they were always trying to get in with the elite in their Facebook feed. So they were like really outdated, still using Facebook and just trying all these like slimy tricks all the time. I have some stories about that. It was just so funny. I've met a lot of funny people when it comes to this, like AI, green technocrats and whatever. It's just hilarious. They're everywhere in Scandinavia. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it. Uh, I, you know, I used to live uh, in, in Chicago and uh, I, I, would, uh, I was in a very similar crowd. And, uh, you know, the, what I realized from the people that uh, went into... You know, a lot of the journalists that I knew and the uh, writers and blog people, it's like they're, it, it, yeah, you know, it's, they're very over socialized. They're like the new aristocrats. Mm. The bourgeoisie. Class. Yeah, it's bourgeoisie. I mean, they're not, I, I'm, a, I'm a good old boy. You know, I'm from the country. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I have the simple living sort of mindset. You know, needless to say, I no longer live in the city. Yeah, of course. Me too, I would say. Uh, but, you know, Norway is a small place. I've only been living in Oslo for, well, two and a half years. And uh, it's been interesting. But we live far outside of the city. So uh, <clears throat> when I leave my apartment, I can walk seven minutes. And then I'm in the National Forest. Oh, yeah, that's a great. I also live in the National Forest. It's very nice. It's so nice. And uh, there's a river right by where you can fish trout and all kinds of stuff. I just love it. Uh, it's so funny, too. Like, <clears throat> I have a friend who lives there now for a while. And um, he has a dog like me, but it's a different breed, like a Staffordshire sort of like Pitbull Terrier. And down where he lives, those types of dogs are everywhere. But where we live... It's only hunting dogs and bird dogs, like working dogs. <laughs> There's no like shit dogs anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. You oh, see yeah. like uh, a big culture difference. Oh, it's and it's very different. It's like I feel like I'm like a growing up in a small town. It's like I feel like I'm like you know, and these people are all living. They're living in like the giant industrial Tyson chicken farms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, don't envy them. No, me neither. Just, I wish they would, uh, I wish they would become, you know, I love things like, uh, sovereignty, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the, uh, what was the name of that writer? There was like this writer, like an American frontier, uh, I always forget his name. Let me find it. Uh, it's, uh. I should know. I've studied American literature, but things always slip me. I'll find his name in one second. I'm looking it up. That was such a great period. The 1800s until around 1965 for writers, both American and Norwegian and British and French, Russian writers too. The works they produced. The thing is, people just can't pay attention anymore. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. a thing that you do, like that people really pay attention to because they don't have. Well, I mean, you read and I read, <clears throat> but the general population 
it's not really fit for literary works anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's definitely a dying in of read of reading. Everyone's attention span is getting fried, and they just prefer to sit on TikTok and be uh, brainwashed. <laughs> That's the craziest thing. Like sometimes when uh, I've been finding, so in the like trans activist community you have a lot of mentally ill ill people but you have people at the top those who are like the leaders in the group and they are very often not mentally ill just kind of normal and they say all kinds of crazy stuff all the time and then i just like click on who likes it just see who engages with that sort of content and it's like a tiktok nightmare (laughs) just looking at their profiles they have all these identification markers about themselves and they just look, literally, they look almost demonic. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, I think, you know, I think all of the movements that are focused on like a sense of, it's like, I think sex is not something I personally identify with. I know they would say that's my, my privilege. Um, it's, like, it's like, you know, I think, it's it's a hard topic to talk about. Like I, I I'm not like against uh, people's ability to trans transgender or what they how they want to identify themselves. But I just think as like, a society, it's like uh, I don't think like, things like surgery are taking the best solution because it's like we should be accepting of all. I look at it from like a Jungian perspective, right? The, the you know the, the anima and the integration of the masculine and the feminine. Uh, with so it's it's just hard for me to. You know things like surgery or body modification, um, really like in any context, and I it's I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, but we can't have that because we're going into a transhumanist future. I know, and that's why that's why they that's why this whole this whole thing is uh, such a threat, right? You right-wing extremist, you just hate them. You want them, you are ignoring their, that they exist. That's what I see all the time. People who say that there is such a thing as gender and who would prefer that to remain a biological reality for scientific purposes, but also wardrobe and sport purposes. They are just like Nazis and apartheid people, which is hilarious because it's exactly like a cult from South Africa founded by someone named Martine Rotblatt. It's a trans-human cult. And uh, I'll send you the page later. It's just like uh, uh, the... No, I forget the terminology, but the thing is here. Like, now we're gonna... We're gonna (laughs) uh, rise up from our human bodies and become, like, uh, genderless uh, creatures in the internet world. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's definitely like an attack at how we define all of, you know, what is male, what is female, these characteristics. There's certainly an attack on that because, you know, it's a it's an attack on humanity, as I've been saying. It's uh, transhumanists that believe we should become, you know, one with the machine. And, but I don't uh, think that they are humans expressing it. I think it's AI. Well, it's what you're describing is sort of it's AI. I, I don't, I, I, I it's. It functions similarly to AI, but I believe it's sort of like this space, uh, you know, hive mind. Yeah, like it's but always existed, something. Right? I think I think it has to do with CERN and some supercomputers, and now we're just seeing the start of it. But it's getting started now. 
in uh, um, accomplishing yes, its goal. There's something, definitely something to that with like quantum computing and how CERN, with the research done at CERN, and and uh, I think there's yeah, certainly the satanic rituals. Timeline, but I, I think <laughs> that they're not nearly as close as they would like to be at being proficient in it. And I still yeah, think I that, 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 that the house always wins. You cannot trick God. No, no, you cannot trick God at all. But you can kill the human spirit. Um, have you listened to Rudolf Steiner, some of his lectures? Yeah. He is really good when it comes to this. Um, the whole point of killing someone's soul with medicine and making them more like a Borg type of person through demoralization that goes through the Netflix goo worldview, but also with medicines and other stuff, is because if you take away their core, then they are completely beholden to uh, forces uh, as commercials or propaganda, which mm-hmm. I think is what we're seeing. We are truly living through a mass psychosis, as they say. You know, mm-hmm. but it's in the point now where it's like uh, they have to start getting the gears rolling into more immediate action because they're trying to meet some sort of uh, expedited timeline or deadline. So it's clear mm-hmm. that this is more of an action phase, and it's very clear that with the the way that the woo is setting, that it, 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 they're not doing too well. And I know you believe that it's all part for it's all part of their plan the paradigm to collapse, right? The paradigm collapsing was inevitable. All they're attempting to do is position themselves in a way where they can solidify their power once the collapse occurs, but I, it's, it's like they shit the bed, you know what I mean? So I think it's going to be difficult for humans to want to be a part of any sort of system that resembles what the elite are trying to achieve with the passports and all of their, but they're, you know what I mean? Of course it's going to fail because it's written in the stars. You know what I mean? It's inevitably going to fail. But I, I think that it's, I think that what they're simply trying to do is uh, they're trying to, you know, land in an advantageous state where they can still be elite in this new world. But I don't yeah. think that it's going in their favor. No, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, like like I said, I think it's sort of like part of the plan. Um, the the plan was always to <clears throat> undermine the fiat currency system that allows money printing and to take out the central banks. And therefore, the central banks, they're going to cling on to power and do some uh, pretty desperate moves. But it was always written in the stars that they would fail and and then it's going to be replaced but you know the sort of DARPA infused uh, Elon Musk Neuralink control grid surveillance system is still going to come about because I think that's the real plan Mm -hmm. and it's like color revolution across the west of course to remove uh, everyone's governments I'm sure Norway will never do that, no matter... Like, if if my thesis is correct, all Europe is going to fall. And then Norway and Sweden are going to be like, we love the, we love the king. <laughs> Bow to the king. Yeah, <laughs> the, the people over in Scandinavia definitely are uh, reading from a different script than the rest of the world. Yeah, but I think um, the Nordic smart cities have always been a thing. Um, and... The Nazis, they loved Scandinavia. 
And I think they still do. And I really do think that the people writing the technocracy script right now are Nazis mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. It's just that it's like globalization. They've it's sort of like ditched, yeah, they've ditched the nationalist race, whatever thing. Oh, yeah, that's that the style to begin right. with, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not that, in style. That was too weak in Europe, basically. Mm-hmm. It served its purpose. Yeah, it served its purpose, but they're still Nazis. Uh, and so they have a high reverence for the Nordic model. They really do. It's always in their plans. And so uh, I think it's going to be smooth sailing here, but it's going to be incredibly cringeworthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> growing, and, uh, growing and learning always is cringeworthy. Yeah, I guess you, know, so. you have to learn how to integrate to the print. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it was really hard for me uh, for a while during the last two and a half years. There, there were moments where I just uh, I could not accept clown world. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? Every day when I woke up, I was just like, <laughs> why? Yeah, I get what you're saying, and it's you know, there's this thing. I- there's a saying that I have, and it's, uh, you know, when the when the world goes clown, the clowns get honking. Yeah. Totally <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. But um, you know what? Thank you so much for the talk. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, cut it short now soon because uh, I'm riding back to Oslo on the train tomorrow at 8 in the morning. Oh, I, no problem, man. I really appreciate you having me on, and I, I really enjoyed our conversation. And, you know, I would love to be back on here to talk with you and hopefully have you on uh, my show, uh, The Pondering yeah, I want Podcast. I your show for sure. And we can yeah. uh, get in a conversation later, too. We could even talk without posting anything, just to like, <clears throat> I feel like it is constructive to talk. Oh, I completely agree. I, you know, dialogue and like the sort of Socratic method is the the best way to learn. And uh, at least for me, I, you know, my personality is like I think better when I'm talking to people. Like it, I, it's like that's why I, I I don't prepare anything when I do these uh, when I do my podcasts uh, no, or when I go to other people's podcasts. I'm just a uh, I riff with it because it's it's how I process information. Is doing it. Yeah, same here. I never prepare anything. The only thing is I've been doing these basically Bible lecture things, but I've realized I have to do it on video with mm-hmm. pictures. Well, I look forward to seeing those, man. Yeah, and uh, whenever, whenever you get the video of it, make sure to send it to me and I'll, I'll put it through my channels. Cool, I'll do it. And, I will uh, take thank you so much for the talk. It was great to connect it with you. It was great. Yep. If you wanna, if anybody that's listening wants to, you know, check out my stuff, it's uh, OK Schizo on uh, Instagram. Yeah, and on Telegram, what's it there? You want to say it here? Telegram, uh, you know, the channel that I uh, run is the at uh, OK Schizogram. Yes, and I recommend anyone to go there. Yeah, we'll put like the links in the description, or however we're able to yeah. do that. I'll do I've got it. a link. I'll write, like I'll write up some stuff. <laughs> All right. I'm sure people will uh, have enjoyed this, but anyway, I'm sure, I'm sure. yeah. If you made it this way, if you made it far uh, this far through the podcast, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I have. The thing is, um, I'm not going to babble too much, but I don't have 
too many listeners, but I have listeners who really enjoy <laughs> what I make for some reason. Hey, man, you're reaching one other person. You know, it's worth it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if you build it, it will come. I'm sure, you know, as you keep putting out content, and, uh, you know, you'll get the ball rolling. You know, it, it, when I had my Instagram account, I, uh, I had like 500 posts after like a year of doing it, and I had like less than 200 followers. I did yeah, it within the span of like several months. My account just kind of like a powdered keg it took off. All the fermentation. I'm not so much about growth, really. I'm more about uh, getting to know people like you and others who have different opinions, and then philosophizing with them, learning from them, seeing what they do, and then like just uh, keep it to. It doesn't have to be quantity, you know. For, mm -hmm. for oh, me, the arts, you know. That, that's what I like about you, Leo. <laughs> but one thing I need to say, it's been uh, incredibly impressive to see how your Instagram page has grown. And keep in mind, it was my wife who introduced me to you because she just, oh. she's a, you know what? I have the world's best wife. You have no oh, idea. She's, she's just like, uh, she is like, Top zero one, zero one point one percent, whatever. Uh, schizo chan shit poster. If she she wanted to be, <laughs> but she's never been there. She's never consumed anything than ordinary media. But still, she understands everything that we do. And she got on the worm pill long before we had even heard of. It. Is, she, is she an INFJ? <laughs> Has she taken the Myers Briggs personality test? Yeah, she is. She is. She is an INFJ. Yes. And are are you an ENFP? Yes, exactly. Uh, see, that's not, dude. I know the typology. See, I'm also an ENFP, and my my partner is an INFJ, and we've been together for a very long time. So I, I get cool. exactly what you're describing, and you know, it's very similar. I, it's like the the ENFP and the INFJ relationship is almost a bad of Krishna and Shiva within the Hindu cultures. You know, it's creation and destruction. It's the yin and the yang. Yeah, it is. That's so cool. Well, it is. You know, I'm going to send this to my wife, and she's going to. It's very rare to have female INFJs and male ENFPs. Usually, the roles are reversed in the typical uh, heterosexual relationship. So you know, it's, it's, it's great to meet another. <laughs> but I have a lot of uh, female qualities. Despite of that, I am very masculine. Uh, mm -hmm. no, I have female qualities. It's just weird. I'm kind of like. Yeah, like she's my personality is that more of a the female category, you know. But I'm going to, you know, yeah. You did it. You're in a female dynamic. You can't deny. Okay, so this is very unlikely, but it could be that in five years' time, we will have transitioned to women and realized that all our schizo posting was just us trying to suppress the fact that we're trans. You know, yeah, you know, I would love to see the day. You know, that, that's, what, that's what it is. You know, uh, it was—it's been a wonderful growing experience. Yes. <laughs> you know, this scope has been uh, wonderfully profound and eye-opening for me, and it, it's opened many doors. So I'm thankful for that. And me too. But Lee, it was great talking to you, buddy. I, yeah, I hope to do this too. <laughs> and uh, have a good time. Praise, Take care, praise. Bro. I'm gonna say. <laughs> bye, bye. Yes, God bless you. Take care. Yes, you too. Bye.
All right, friends. So that was me and uh, Schizo, or OK Schizo, or Oaks the Green. As you could hear, there was a lot of echo in that episode. Uh, so we decided to make some moves to fix it. Or that was my intention at the very least. It was going to be a 30-minute segment to replace <clears throat> the last 23-minute segment. But instead, we made... An entire new episode that I really recommend you tuning into if you're one of the schizos or if you're just curious to listen to how some people think and uh, engaging in the discourse, then uh, do give it a heads up or ear in. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to upload it now soon. Thank you for the patience and thank you for tuning in.